if you want to listen to the person in front of you you must stop listening to you I am your host Raquel Ark an American podcasting from Germany and this is Listen In Join this series of conversations with inspiring scientists, leaders, and authors about listening as a surprising superpower that is not always as easy as it seems. Believe me, I know, and I've been learning and will continue to learn, and I hope that this podcast will help you find practical ways to help others listen better while you become better at leading people, catalyzing collaboration, transforming conflict, building trust and engagement. And I'll tell you when really good listening happens, then the entire group, including you, can feel energized and inspired. So sit back and enjoy listening beyond what we typically think of. Do you believe in the magic of listening? Dr. Krishna Nainani, a general practitioner in the southeast region of England, does. And in this episode, he shares how moving past listening barriers allows the positive to show up in every interaction, even in challenging time-pressured medical situations. Krishna is a member of the Royal College of General Practitioners and a faculty at Brighton and Sussex Medical School. He is a passionate medical educator with an interest in listening-centered clinical communication. He is also the co-founder of Glocal Academy, which has been instrumental in delivering custom-made, listening-centered clinical communication skill training programs to healthcare professionals and organizations in India and the UK. Krishna and I, we both serve on the board of the International Listening Association, the ILA, um, which advances listening practice, teaching, and research worldwide. And you'll hear us refer to this organizational multiple times in this podcast. Just because you're listening now, I am excited to announce that the 44th ILA convention will be taking place in Germany, in Mainz, Germany, next year, July 26th through 29th. And everyone is welcome. And we'd love for you to join us. We'll put the link also at the bottom of this podcast in the notes. You'll love listening to how Krishna is impacting the medical world through listening in a really big way. Enjoy listening in. Krishna, it's great to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Raquel. I always start off this podcast with asking a very simple or not so simple question, and that is, when do you remember the first time you noticed the power of listening, whether it worked or it didn't work? I always thought, Raquel, that I was a good listener because that's the feedback which I used to get from my friends, colleagues and also from the patients. So I took pride in that and I continued the things that I used to do because they were working and clearly people were noticing that I do listen well. However, biggest shock came when I struggled to clear, uh, you, you may say, one of the most important exams in my professional life. To help the readers and to help you understand the context, this exam has got three components. How you gather information, how you make diagnosis and management plan, and the third component is interpersonal skills. 
to my surprise or to my shock, I didn't do well into personal skills. Um, so that's when I really struggled to understand why is that I didn't do well in that particular element when um, I always felt or uh, Maybe more than felt I should use the word. Maybe that's my assumption or that's what I assume that I always listened well. So it, it took me a while really to, to reflect on my ways of um, being in the consulting room. After a lot of reflection, uh, thinking, I realized that um, although I thought I was listening well, there were several things that I was not doing well. To use an analogy, I felt like I wasn't walking with the patient when consulting with them. I was. It felt like with my questions and with my really uh, to get to the diagnosis and management plan, I was really rushing them. I was dragging them along with me. It's only when I realized that actually I need to walk with them. I need to really give them the time and space to share their narrative or concerns, things started to become easier. I also felt that, oh, this is different. Maybe I was doing this wrong all along. Because as you know, Raquel, when somebody is watching you, they are assessing you based on your um, your behavior, your, your body language. But it's very difficult for them to comment or assess what's happening inside your brain so inside in my brain i was always saying what is the diagnosis what is my next question what should i do oh how should i address this emotion or concern so by engaging in my in my inner with in my inner dialogue i was not maybe present in the moment which was needed for me to listen well so i would say during or when I struggled to clear my professional exam, that's when I really realized the significance listening well. I love this analogy. I was I was dragging them along versus walking, I guess, next to them. The um, so from what you described, you were really in your head a lot, and you were working hard in your head while you were dragging. So you that dragging feeling probably even came from, you know, you were in a different place than where your parent where your patients were. <laughs> the what is it about the listening that shifts things so that you're walking next to them and you said it, it made it easier. What is it that transforms that experience? After that reflection, I think the first thing I said to myself is Krishna or people call me KK and that's what I said to myself, KK, if you want to listen to the person in front of you, you must stop listening to you. So that's what I used to sell, tell myself. Okay, okay, stop listening to you. I know you, you're keen to cure him or find out what's wrong with him. But if you want to do that, you must stop listening to yourself. You know, that was very powerful for me. And I worked on it a lot. By doing that before starting the conversation has helped me and is helping me. It's funny because I hear a lot of people say, you know, you can't be a good listener unless you learn how to listen to yourself. Yes and yes and no. It's being aware that we're really busy in our head, 
right? And then to try to shift the focus <laughs> more on being really in the moment and being present. I think that's probably a big part. When you shifted that, what did you, what surprised you with your patients? The difference that I've noticed in myself that I think earlier I used to feel like, oh, uh, this is in your early part of your professional career, Raquel. I think there you buy into all these pressures that are around you. Oh, there are a lot of patients waiting. You don't have time. You need to really uh, get through the patients. Uh, otherwise, people wait longer and it will lead to stress and burnout. And, and you you hear these things from your colleagues and you also notice those things. I used to feel like, oh, I only have 10 minutes. I really need to be fast here. I really need to come to a conclusion in 10 minutes. So when you're present with that mindset, subconsciously, I think you're rushing through it. I think that's what I feel. Maybe the person in front of you noticed that more than you. When I started to shift my mindset, okay, why am I saying to myself, I only have 10 minutes? Why can't I say to myself that I have 10 minutes? Saying to myself that I have 10 minutes has slowed me down. When I slowed down, I was more present and people were more forthcoming with their concerns and with their, uh, use the word real, with the real problems and uh, real issues. And they were more engaging the things that I was sharing with them. How do I know that? Because I used, I started seeing them again and again, and I felt like, okay, they are coming back to see you again and again. So they do feel like you're listening to them and you're investing in them. So that was very powerful for me. So the simple little technique of, I only have 10 minutes to, I have 10 minutes. Yeah. made a huge difference for you. Yeah, I think the way I, I used to say to myself, I have 10 minutes. It's a long time. <laughs> how when we're really pay, fully present, how actually you can get a lot of information from someone in a very, very short period of time. I think that's why, Raquel, I think that led um, to, uh, I'm still on the journey. And I'm glad that I'm still on the journey and I want to be on the journey. I do not want to reach the destination. Uh, and I, I, I never want to say to myself that, oh, now I know all about listening, which <laughs> would be uh, incorrect uh, to say that. That led me to work on three things. You see, I say, then I started working on myself. Okay, who, we always say, I want to listen well, you need to listen well. I, I need to learn about listening. I want to be a better communicator. I want to be a better listener. Then I started to ask myself, who is this I who is asking these questions? Of course, that came from reading books by Jiddu Krishnamurti, um, who is considered as one of the greatest thinker and greatest, one of the greatest spiritual teacher. So he places a lot of emphasis on I, the self-knowledge, self-awareness element. When I started asking, who is this I? then the door which was, I didn't know that the room existed. Uh, I discovered that I need to open that room and find out what's in there, which is me. <laughs> Who is this I? You know, what are, what's my personality? What are the values that 
have been driving my personal or professional learning or what are the values that i need to uphold or upholding and what are my assumptions every time i come into a consulting room so when i started working i question things have started to become even more clearer that's why now we <laughs> you might have heard me saying this before i call myself rambo that's uh, i'm using uh, all capital letters i'm using in quotation marks to to say that it's it's all capital letters rambo it's because that felt like those are the values that i i value the most or for responsibility and respect depending on uh, the situation a for adaptability because as you know we need to adapt to the changing circumstances and we have learned that a lot in the last 2 years during the pandemic and we have to motivate ourselves to be that better professional or better prof- a person and uh, to work in 21st dynamic healthcare setting you need to have an element of bravery you need to be courageous to defy the challenges and most importantly the openness so responsibility adaptability motivation bravery and openness becomes rambo <laughs> <laughs> well, we need lots of Rambos all over the yes. place, and then not only in the health healthcare, uh, not uh, only in hospitals, but <laughs> yeah. I think we, we, students uh, or junior doctors with whom I'm having uh, we are I'm not uh, we are having dialogue. We call ourselves Team Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that you spend a lot of time with students working with medical students. I've experienced some of your medical st- students in the um, in the listening circles at oh, the yeah. International Listening that. Association and they're really wow, really amazing, really amazing people. And you know, I was just wondering what have you discovered about bringing this this listening skill what you discovered for yourself and really made it impact in your practice, how you are with patients, how they perceived you, the medical outcomes how has this shifted how you work with students in their training just to uh, so did you are you asking what i have discovered from having this dialogue with the students okay i i like the word discovery thank you for putting that word in your question what i have i discovered you know if i'm answering that question from the dialogues that i have been having with um, these eng professionals and medical students in 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 india and elsewhere what i have discovered is that there is a lot of hunger to learn there is a lot of hunger to become a better listener and there is a lot of hunger to bring a change in the medical or healthcare culture in which they are working i think that hunger is taking them to several organizations one of them being local academy the other one is you rakel i think i am in constant dialogue with students who are coming to listening circles one of them being manisha azrani i think she might have seen her many times in your listening circle and she is taking the dialogue from listening circle to to wider audience so she she started posting tweets on twitter i think 2 3 weeks ago she started it uh, with hashtag listening to learn so she is sharing her uh, perspectives um, and insights on how challenging the listening is now that she started her uh, professional career that's beautiful because that's what we need um, people coming to uh, organizations like uh, us learn appreciate the value and take the dialogue 
elsewhere and continue the dialogue with uh, others and uh, can i use the phrase chain reaction maybe i can i think that's what we need that's what i've discovered the hunger hunger to learn mm. yeah and the the hunger to learn not only for the patients and for the care the quality of care that can be given but also with how the medical or the doctors can work together or the medical profet you know nurses doctors the the team how the team can work together in a way that's you know not only caring for the for the patients but how you can care for each other that that's right i think what i have discovered also or discovering is i think we need to really have another dialogue or have a dialogue and continue the dialogue about this this very challenging i would say and sensitive issue called time the perception of time okay because there are two elements to it people feel like people of course everybody appreciate the value of listening but what is inhibiting or what is really the reason why they are struggling is that they, somehow they feel like uh, listening takes time and i don't have time can you see yeah listening takes time when i don't have time if only i have more time so i think we need to look beyond that and uh, have a dialogue about how we perceive the time yes how much time do we have with patients it varies maybe in uk i have about 7 to 10 minutes in india it may be less because of volume of patients and uh, they they see so irrespective of how much time you have maybe we need to ask ourselves okay i have 3 minutes okay i have 3 minutes how can i make these 3 minutes or 180 seconds work for the patient what should i really be focusing here what should i do you know how can i really enhance my listening competence so that i can do wonders in the time i have i can create a magical experience with the time i have i'm just curious uh, can you think of a an example or a story of a time where you had a short period of time and you were able to create this magic was even that something that surprised you you didn't expect it <laughs> the question that really surprises me and the patient is i think this is only uh, i'm speaking from my perspective as a gp working in my area because all these are important whom you are serving and what is your workload everything matters so from where i work patients they say oh let me be brief doctor i know you don't have time i know you have many things to say uh, or do let me be brief when i say to them like no i have time for you i don't want you to be brief i want you to tell me what you really wanted to share oh really you can see the the element of surprise on their face so i think people are also perceiving that you don't have time so i don't know by doing so whether they're giving you only the highlights and expect you to expand on the highlights because depending on how much time you think you have or are they happy with you to diagnose their condition or to treat them based on only the highlights which they have given you you know it's very challenging so the moment i say no i have time i want you to really so i when i use the phrase can you begin at the beginning and tell me all about it they say you know what they say are you sure right. <laughs> <laughs> So yes really there yeah. so, it's so unexpected someone really wants to yeah. I'm going to see my doctor and they really want to they really want to know what's happening Yeah and then I say no I, I don't want you to leave out any details I really want you to tell me how the what is the first thing you noticed and how this problem evolved 
oh okay then then they will then they will take me through no no you missed um, you missed a saturday you said friday you didn't feel well then sunday you fucked up but what happened to saturday you know so so do you want to be i think can you see walking along with them you say like oh you, now i realize that they they are dragging me because they realize that i don't have much time so they i'm 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 saying that no no come back let's let's see what let's find out what happened on this saturday you know it's so i was so this is really interesting what you're saying right now so you're talking also not only the perception of how much time i have in this moment by just worrying about the time impacts the feeling of time and what's possible and then if you pay attention to the flow of the conversation whether whether you're walking along together or whether one person is dragging the other if it's the doctor dragging the patient or the patient <laughs> dragging the doctor on whether you need to move back and move forward and how can we kind of get into the same pace and the same rhythm and where will this take us and probably we'll get to where we need to go much sooner and maybe even easier in an easier way easier way i think but by doing so uh, to go back to your question uh, earlier on um when you do so rakel if they had two three problems to share if you really pay attention to the one and really understand them they volunteer and they initiate that oh okay now i'll come back to the other problem i wanted to really to discuss two problem but it can wait i'll come back i want you to address that properly so they'll focus on one and get more and once they realize that and go more into detail with the one problem yes i think does it work all the time no it doesn't uh, i'll be lying if i say this this uh, works or creates magic all the time no i think uh, it doesn't however you need to really acknowledge when it doesn't work and um, see how you could do better mm-hmm. because you know even as a doctor or even you know in the role that you play also with your with medical students and what not i mean there this in your leadership role at work what have you learned that might be important for others or other leaders and organizations to know what have you discovered that you think would be a little something good for them to think about what i've discovered is to learn about more about the people with whom you're working i think say as an educator as a leader or as a clinician or you as a listening scholar sometimes you feel like based on your experience based on your life experience based on your professional experience based on your learning your degree and your your willingness commitment to do well to the others you design a product you say okay this is my course this is my listening style this is my listening mantra i want to to share this with others i did think that way then what i realized was i was becoming too rigid in the way i was teaching you know because i felt that this this has worked for me this is based on strong research and this will work for everybody but what i am discovering and what i'm doing things differently is i'm investing time in learning more about the person or the people who are coming to attend the course or helping them ask these questions themselves uh, find out who you are you know what your values are what has led you to come to join this course or to have a dialogue with us in that dialogue we are learning more about that person 
Okay, what are their strengths? What are the challenges? How should I adapt the course or what type of activities that I should be integrating into my course? So by asking that, we are helping the person to become a better listener based on their, their strengths and their challenges. Rather than saying that one size fits all, we are adapting the course to meet the needs. Earlier, we used to do the course whoever is interested we do still do sessions for whoever is interested but now we're beginning to uh, do things slightly differently in the sense okay can we group these people into different different groups or teams okay this these sessions should be different for those who have just entered medical school and this session should be different to those who have just exited or qualified the medic undergraduate medical degree session should be different the people from a particular culture as well you know because countries like india they they are big with, with several cultures so the people who are working in for example in south india may need to be told or uh, discussed different issues because the way listening is practiced in south indian culture may be different to north indian to east and west i'm just curious do you notice the difference in how people listen yeah and what are you noticing like give me some examples <laughs> in the sense from the culture point of view people the biggest thing which uh, they have noticed is for some of them for example if you take people from south india maybe asking question do they want to ask questions yes they would like to ask questions but what is stopping them from asking questions maybe in that culture asking questions may be considered as not a pleasant thing to do unless they are invited to give an answer hence i do notice that people from uh, this for example people joining in from south india they do ask less questions compared to people joining uh, elsewhere i'm beginning to think that this is mainly to do with uh, the culture in which they are learning or educating or practicing however once you create a safe space and once they come to an understanding that learning happens by asking questions and this is a space where it is asking questions is safe and not considered rude or unpleasant then they do come in and we have really engaging and productive dialogues it's only getting through the initial hurdle the first hurdle akel that's what i've been noticing You know, this is really important also in the context, you know, you're talking about the medical field, but also in the context of other organizations where you're working with teams of diverse people and different cultures coming together. And and I was just thinking, you know, if you have people from different cultures and maybe they come from a culture where they may be curious, they may have questions, but they, you know, for whatever reason, we're told not to ask questions because of who knows. Yeah. Way hierarchy works or you know, out of respect, maybe it's a respectful thing or considered in that area. And then to create a space where in the end we move we kind of move past those cultures into a more human piece respecting those cultures understanding they're there not judging or evaluating but them but but creating a space where people can you know then move to this more human side of things so we can work together and connect at a level that goes even maybe beyond that participating not only in the sessions that we do but participating in the in the sessions with international listening association ila does and your sessions listening circles or a very good examples that we need to have like facilitating the dialogue where they have opportunities and they feel like it 
safe and respectful to ask questions and engage in a dialogue and they are really expanding their perspectives and they are getting more and more confidence and they're feeling uh, courageous mm-hmm. to participate and that's that's the beauty for me you know they are expanding their perspectives and they are really defying their challenges one of them being fear overcoming them and participating and and really mustering courage to ask questions and to have dialogue with uh, with people. Well, one of the things I love about the listening circles and is that when it comes down to it, anybody, anybody can facilitate them. It, it doesn't matter how much how young you are, how old you are, how experienced you are. You can follow this very basic structure, facilitate these circles and also bring in questions where everybody everything's equal everybody has a chance to say something to listen to each other and so it's a very equal based structure and no matter your age and culture and whatever and there's some you know it's and people always are surprised always yeah <laughs> at what comes we, out of them <laughs> we also do a, a similar thing however from purely from healthcare um, perspective this uh, called general clubs mainly to help people realize that they have got critical thinking and creative thinking potential we call them as uh, <laughs> here it comes team rambo general club team rambo journal as in medical journal journal, journal oh. club okay so tell me about your team rambo journal club <laughs> <laughs> i think this is idea come from one of the a junior doctors her name is Taranjot Kao she said dr krishna why don't we start doing these sessions so the co- concept is i select an an article that is oriented towards communic- healthcare communication or listening a short article and i share that article within the group along with questions i also come up with some questions relating to the article and also how they want to use the knowledge in their clinical practice say for example if there are 12 people in that group i divide them into four groups or three groups of four or four groups of three and they go away and they have a dialogue within their teams about the article and about the questions so they discuss outside this group and they nominate a spokesperson from the team usually there is a week two weeks between each session so they i select an article questions divide them into teams they go away and within their teams they dissect and they talk about the article they prepare answers for those questions and they nominate a spokesperson so when we meet again to discuss that particular article each spokesperson gets four to six minutes depending on how many questions they are to share their team's perspectives so when that person is sharing their perspectives or insights other teams can only listen attentively to what that person is saying they are not allowed to interrupt or ask questions they can take notes say if there are three teams the three teams finish sharing their narrative within 15 to 20 minutes that's the first round second round team 1 can ask questions for team 2 and team 3 if they want them to expand on anything or if they want them to help them understand some of the points that they 
couldn't understand. So that's when the dialogue happens. And we follow strict guidelines in the sense the way they need to phrase the question. It's more like a request than a demand and so forth. So they can ask questions each other. By, by doing so, they're not only learning how to listen attentively, but they're, they're listening to understand the other perspectives and how that matches with their existing perspectives. And if they have any questions, they can ask for clarification by making request than demand. So uh, it is going well, and we are going through several key articles, thanks to listening scholars and thanks to researchers out there for producing such a brilliant work. In essence, medical educators, researchers, and clinicians are coming together in that general club, and we are expanding our knowledge. So it's going well, well, it sounds like you're expanding your knowledge, you're practicing skills, and it's also a chance for people to to you know get to know each other, you know, and build relationships that might help them work with each other better after. That's great. Do you have listening type of tool that you think would be really helpful for bus- in the business or personal context? More than a tool, Raquel, I have this thing that is helping me a lot in on all my domains and my <laughs> education professional if you like uh, at home as well yay <laughs> we need help at home <laughs> not that's that's the most difficult one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway, negation yeah. tell me more about negation when again as i was learning about myself and my listening. I've come across this person and his request for people across the world. There was a slight hesitation there because I wanted to say teachings. And Jiddu Krishnamurti, uh, in his talks, he makes it clear that he is not teaching anybody. He's, He's putting things out there for us to think and expand. And one of the, one of such quotes was about negation. He says, through Negation, the thing that alone is positive, comes into being. It's through negation. So through negation, the thing which alone, which alone is the positive, positive comes into being. This is from Awakening of Intelligence by okay. G.D. Krishnamurti. I think what does it mean? What, how do you define negation? I, I think he defines, uh, f- from his perspective, negation is something that you actively do to remove that, if you, if you like. It's an action. It's an action. So the way I'm applying for my listening is, for example, this might help define the word. When I say through negation, I'm intentionally negating the, the blocks, the barriers to listening. So, for example, if you have a thought come into your mind or an assumption, you negate that. I'm I'm acknowledging that there is a thought coming through. I'm acknowledging it. I'm not acting on it. So, I put that aside and focus more on what is happening within me, in front of me. And the other example which I, I can give is, say, for example, if I have an emotional consultation with a patient, of course, being humans, we do. It all depend. It can depend on how intense that emotion is, how much time you need to process it. If I don't process that emotion in time before calling the next patient, that emotion may have an impact and might influence my listening ability 
on my next patient. So I'm intentionally doing something to process that emotion before calling my next patient. Okay, so what do you do? I <laughs> don't laugh, Raquel. Please don't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I may a little bit, but that's okay. Don't take it. <laughs> I read children's books, the story books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so so you have so you're in a patient uh, consultation. It gets very emotional. Maybe someone just you know, there's some pretty intense situations that you might have had to inform them or something. Who knows? And before you call the next patient, you pull out a kid's book and read I it have, to yourself. I have a few lying in my consulting rooms. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> like uh, Oscar Wilde's storybooks for children. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> The jungle book. <laughs> to name it. So basically, that helps neutralize you. Uh, that helps me to really, reading does help me. So that helps me to really process that emotion. So so I'm doing something, you know, I've acknowledged that that was an emotional situation. I've acknowledged that that particular emotion does need a bit more time to process. When I do that, it's only you don't have to read the whole book, you see. You just need to read a, a page sometimes, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So basically back to negation, just fully, you know, kind of bringing this back to to a full circle. Anytime that you notice something that may get in the way of you really being present, basically, you, you pay attention to that. And then you have strategies to work with that in order to become present again. And that process is part of this negation. Is that what I understand you're doing? That's right. And um, you have strategies, and sometimes I also use the word safeguard. You know, you need to also have uh, some safeguards in place by saying you need to say to yourself that, okay, I'm not going to let my emotions influence the station making or come in the way. Uh, Safeguard for me is as simple as carrying some snacks with me. You know, (laughs) if I feel hungry, eat something before the lunch, you know, because you do know that feeling hunger or having hunger can affect your listening capacity. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Uh, I think it it helps because, see, uh, Raquel, we all have the capacity to listen well. We all want to listen well. We all have come into our respective professions, I into this, you into your business, to really do well, you know, and to share and to help others. So if is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, okay. I think from my perspective, I, I really want to share a couple more things, really. In the sense, we, when I use the we, we are a small group for people. Me, my friend, Dr. Srikant Mada, Dr. Madhu Valluri, and Dr. Raghu Kadiala. We, we are co-part of Local Academy. Our intention is to share our communication knowledge and help others who are willing to learn communication. If you are willing, if you are committed, we are here for them. That's our message. Yeah. But in that journey has, has led us to three things. Okay, Find out, to really learn about what are the values that are driving your professional learning and practice. And our values are the Rambo, as I said earlier. And also to to work on the the mindset, Raquel. You know, we say to have an impact, you do want to become a top clinician. You want to be a top clinician. If you are so willing and so committed to to be the top clinician, you need to adopt a top attitude, 
T-O-P. T stands for tolerance, O, openness, and B, P stands for presence. So we adopt that listening attitude. So I'm, to- I'm tolerant, I'm open, I'm present. That has become a very important element of our um, teachings and learnings. How can I adopt that attitude? And we have started a, a campaign called I Will Campaign. I will is an acronym for five clinical communication principles. The first I is intentional presence. Can you be present with an atten- with an intention to pay attention? W stands for welcome, welcoming uh, patients to share their narrative by giving them time and space, and also welcoming people with diverse backgrounds, cultures, beliefs. You know, and the, the I, the other I, stands for introduction. Can I? And we request people to always introduce by stating their name, role, and purpose. What we also say to them is, is this, uh, Raquel, when you are listening, you are not only introducing who you are, but by the way you are conducting yourself in that particular conversation, you're also introducing to the other person about your beliefs, about your values, about your um, mindset and everything. So it is even more important to really focus on what you're saying, how you're saying, you know, when you stay quiet, how you be in a consulting room. Through your body language, by the way you ask questions through your tone uh, and the way you phrase your questions, you are introducing uh, who you are, you know. (laughs) So that's very powerful for us. And the, the first L stands for listening intelligence. How flexible are you in reading the situation and adapting your listening style accordingly? You know, because we do know now, thanks to researchers, that listening varies from context and the role you play. And the last L stands for um, language matters. Are you learning the language that the patient understands? Are you communicating in a simple and clear language that the patient understands? That's I will principles. And we all of our sessions revolve around those sessions. We believe that by integrating these I will principles into their clinical communication, they can lay strong foundation and what type of house they want to build on their on those foundations, it's up to them, of course. We are there to support them. <laughs> Beautiful, and they're very, very clear. And and actually, the this uh, gives people a, a clear picture of how to to walk in the room and to connect with the patients, and not only to listen, but also to be listened to. You know, I was just thinking with how they speak in a clear way. When I hear this, these different aspects: what intentional presence, welcoming, introduction listening intelligence and language matters. And then what you explained behind those, um, I do, I see like a full circle there. Yes. <laughs> and thanks to all those um, people who trust us, who believe in us and they're continuing and for continuing their journey with us. You know, we're all, we believe that we're all uh, walking together, learning um, together. And we would like yeah. to continue uh, our journey that way. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Krishna. And I really just want to say that I really appreciate the work that you're doing for the healthcare system with the students and and also 
you know, across the more from this uh, global community and how you bring in, you're a bridge builder there. So it's great to have you on this podcast. Oh, thank you, Raquel. Thank you. Uh, thanks to your um, team for having me. I really enjoyed our dialogue here. And of, of course, we'll continue uh, our dialogue elsewhere in ILA. We've got got work to do. We've got work to do. All right. Thank you, Krishna. I'm your host, Raquel Arp from Listening Alchemy, and I hope you are inspired by this episode of Listen In and find one person today to practice your listening superpower. Subscribe to this podcast and share it with others for more practical and inspiring stories and examples so that we can catalyze a listening movement together. Find more information at www.listeningalchemy.com. Enjoy listening in.